Craft Beer Radio, episode 381, on May 21st, 2016. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 381, where uh, we drink beers and we tell you what we think. Because that's our the, thoughts are important. That's our magic motto, I guess. <laughs> no, we drink beers to educate people, give them vocabulary to talk about their own beers. And tell you what we think also. Yes. And oh. to drink beer. I mean, let's face it. That's kind of why we started this thing. <laughs> What's first, Jeff? Uh, we're going to do this lemon lager here from Anchor. Why, it's a can from it Anchor? It's a can from Anchor. It is. It's Anchor's Meyer Lemon Lager. So it's made with Meyer lemons, which are kind of, a, as I recall, sort of a sweeter lemon. Okay. This was first brewed in 2015, the first can in 2015, so it's been around. 4.5% off by volume. I would consider that reasonably sessionable under the old terminology. They say it's a blend of two-row pale and pilsner malts and cluster hops, but it's also dry hopped with Nugget, Steiner, and experimental number 07270. Oh, okay. That's how you get away with the cluster. Cluster is an old-school hop mm. that... Um, I don't think I've ever seen it like a beer that focuses on cluster for anything other than bittering. Mm. Probably doesn't have great aromatic profile. I'm trying to look in to see what this 072... There were a couple of beers who were using this. And they called like Experimental Hop 07270. <laughs> so it's uh, it's got a catchy name. All right, so the beer pours with a slight haze to it. It's not crystal clear. It's uh, an orangey, yellow, light, pale gold, maybe. Poured with a very tight, bubbly head. It's starting to fall down in these sniffer glasses pretty quickly. 07270 is a cross from Apollo and Y Target. Uh, tangerine and mandarin on the nose and ripe peach, apricot, and mango on the tongue. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, I had a beer at Mad Mex the other day. It's from the Hop Concept. And you know how they just name them after the hops they use? Right. Galaxy and Comet. Oh, okay. It was a really good beer. So yeah, I'm definitely getting like a... Mm, what is that? Kind of a, a fresh fruit aroma, but it's mild. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, yeah, uh, it's kind of like one of. I guess there is a lemon tint to it, but it's it's very mild. It's like when you get one of those oranges that like has more of a watery taste than an orangey taste. You know, that's kind of how it's hitting my nose. Um, I would say there's some tangerine notes coming off of it as well. So I'm not sure whether this is just the, um, let's see, just the zest or the fruit itself. Okay. It doesn't smell, um, it doesn't smell like, you know, orange peel or lemon peel, right? It doesn't seem like there's right. that peel at it. No, I don't know whether it's zest or not, but definitely seems like you don't have any kind of like pithy type aroma or anything from the peel also the malt is a very nice clean aroma on there too you get um nice crispy kind of a little bit uh yeah, let me have, take another it's kind of got a uh cracker even like a Kind of like a, I don't know how often you had matzah, okay. but a little bit of like a matzah, um, so just sort of flour and and water, yeah, uh, malt yeah. component to it, not much, um, but so you get then 
a good amount of bittering from the hops. And this carry-through of the lemon, which is pretty apparent, but it's not like traditional lemon. It's it's Meyer lemon, of course, but I don't know how to qualify that exactly. That's interesting. That's a lot more lemony than I thought. When I was out with some uh, co-workers, a uh, co-worker had this beer, and he thought that it wasn't very lemony. And the bartender served to him said it wasn't very lemony. I think this is pretty lemony. I yeah. mean, I think there's, it's not lemonade or it's not a shandy by any means. Uh, but I, I like what it's doing there. It kind of hits you with something that's a little more fleshy and sweet up front. And then it goes into kind of a little bit more pithy lemon aftertaste mm-hmm. that kind of hangs around for a while. It has a nice bitterness to to keep it from becoming too overly sweet. Uh, I think whatever I mm-hmm. I guess that's cluster <laughs> working its magic. It's yeah, it it seems pretty lemony. Uh, again, this is a flight thing. This is the first beer we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a uh, in the pre-show we had I think same amount of summer ale. Yeah. So not exactly uh, huge on. Yeah, there's not nothing. Nothing is dominating our tongues right now. So this has yeah. A lot this of also has more bitterness than I would have expected yeah. from the description that I was privy to. It's interesting. It definitely uh, the the lemon lingers. Hmm. I wonder how much of the tropicals and the fruitiness is coming from the experimental hop, whatever that was. Zero seven two seven zero. TK. DK zero two seven zero. It's a pretty light. It's a palindrome. It's a palindromic hop. Oh. In terms of the palindromic number. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Very. <laughs> I think so. The, the it does linger. The lemony bitterness kind of lingers for a little bit, but um, overall, pretty clean clean up you know other than that a little bit of lingering uh it's interesting i'm enjoying it's, this. it's interesting it's okay i the, the one thing is like normally when we we talk about lagers like this and have a little bit of a fruity component we say oh this is a good it's um it's hot outside beer i've just been doing some yard work and mm-hmm. kind of we lawnmower beer is a jokey term for that but essentially it's a refreshing beer i don't know if this is ref, uh, that refreshing i think it's uh the lemon gives a little bit more of a of a sour kick than you might want, and it just mm-hmm. it, it's it's not like it is, it's not like a Gatorade or something. It doesn't feel like it'll thirst quench you, right? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It doesn't really feel like yard work, after, you know, hot sweaty beer. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I think it's just a nice. Lighter fare, you know, mm-hmm. not really, you know, don't really dig into it too much. I think it gives you plenty of pleasant flavors to, to quaff. This could be interesting with food, though. I think that it's giving some interesting flavors in the sweetness. You know, the maltiness, the sweetness, the lemon. I think you could do some neat things with food with this. Oh, yeah, you could go with... Obviously, you could go with something light like a salad, but I think you might even have a real success going with something like Szechuan, something giving it some mm-hmm. uh, interesting spiciness to counter. Yeah, I think that's real good. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how it would go with, like, vanilla ice cream or something. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Kind yeah. of like a, a, little, a little bitterness to go with the dessert type thing. Might work. I wonder if you could um, make it into sort of a, a bitter, Sorry. like a syrup, and use that on hot ice cream. That might mm-hmm. work, too. I think what got me there is if you taste this and think of, like, lemon sorbet, it's it's... Kind of similar, yeah. Than what it gives you, I think that's true. Okay, so should we stay at the same alcohol and go with the Seagal Ranch? I think we should do the pills, then do this. Then. Well, if we're going in terms of alcohol, I just want to give you. I want to give you the the option. So this is uh, same at four point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dogfish head is uh, four point eight. Mm-hmm. The Pounder Pills is... Five. Five. Then, of course, this is pretty high. Yeah. And I'm not even sure about this one. Ten. This is ten, and this is probably less. I want to do the pills before we do the IPA. Okay. So. Because I kind of want to 
I want to judge this pills before I have tons of other things on my tongue. So this is Pounder Pills from Heavy Seas. The last beer was, again, Anchor Meyer Lemon Lager. Pounder Pills from Heavy Seas Brewing Company. Hops that are used are Tittenanger, Zotz, Hellertown, Middlefra, and Strisselspalt. So pretty pretty uh, German with their hopping. European Pilsen Malt, so they're pretty much going straight for the Pilsner Ideal. 5% alcohol by volume, 38 IBUs, available year-round. Color is very clear, very uh, very crisp. It looks like straw with a, maybe a hint of bronze, mm-hmm. about a finger's worth of head. Lighter head. This beer was uh, given me to by the local uh, Heavy Seas rep. Thank you. Local Heavy Seas rep. I forget his name. Apologize. Smells like a, an American version of the hopping. It seems like it's like a, a, at least one and a half times what you'd expect from a continental pills. You know, it doesn't seem like it's almost like an imperial type hopping on it from the aroma. It's hard for me to tell based on the aroma. I'm not getting a huge amount. But you've always been more susceptible to the aroma than I was. So. Actually, my first sniff or two, it seemed like really hopped up. Now it's not smelling so hopped up. turn here now i'm smelling more maltiness you know like a big doughy yep crisp crackery maltiness that's weird when i first cracked it open it seemed it almost had that smell of an imperial pills getting a light um okay so they do say it's an american interpretation of a classic european style so i'm getting a little bit dankness um Little hop, like a stinky hop, a little bit of like sulfuriness coming off of the nose now. Hmm. I don't know what that would be. Stressful sprout would be the only one that. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not hugely familiar with. Maybe with a lot of you know one of those continental hops. Yeah, that's true. It's like, like when you throw a lot of galaxy together. Yeah. Sometimes it can. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm getting something that's kind of coming across a little dank. Yeah, see where they're going with their American. Um, it has a pretty, pretty hefty body, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a lot of bitterness and kind of upfront in terms of how it's presenting uh, relatively, you know, these spicy continental hops. Don't there's a slight amount of sulfuriness that comes in, but not a lot, and is backed by a decent pilsner backbone. Yeah, it's a moderately sweet mal- uh, body and and uh, malt taste on this. Uh, my first impression was the kind of bitterness kind of coated your tongue. Mm-hmm. It was all around bitter. And then you kind of got some floral, herbal type hoppiness. And then I got about three quarters of the way through, like pineapple. Like almost like pineapple skin though. Like, you know, the, towards the rind of the pineapple, I got a big strong pineapple kick. And that's not, there's no tropical hops added, but mm-hmm. that's just the way, the way it took me. And then kind of just... Faded out from there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm looking for it, <coughs> and I don't find I don't find that pineapple that you're finding. But uh, yeah, at the end, there's a little bit of like a shortbread, okay, uh, kind of flavor, and that could. With the hoppiness, it could give you something along those lines, maybe. Okay. It doesn't necessarily come across like a pills. Not really, no. It feels... Well, it feels almost like... <laughs> almost like a pale ale, doesn't it? It, it, it comes uh, I was across thinking, a lot like... I was it. thinking this could, you know... I don't love the name, the idea, or the style, but India Pale Lager. You know, I think it kind of fits in that kind of description. Mm. You know, you could, in theory, I think, you could call this sort of a imperial export, maybe. Like an imperial Dortmunder, but not like in terms of 
but just in terms of the, the yeah. presence of the hops. Maybe. Oh, the malt doesn't seem right for that. Yeah. Either. Now, we're just trying to figure out, like, a benchmark style for this beer. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're not knocking that, I mean, I think it's it's fairly enjoyable. I'm, uh, it's going down pretty well. I think there's a, a significant amount of bitterness here, you know, and it's kind of um, fighting with the malt a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like the malt wants to come out, but it's it's, it's being held back. back down, yeah. yeah. This is the pounder pills from Heavy Seas. Pounder being the the thing you use to tamp the cannonballs into the cannon. It looks like it's not in a sixteen ounce can right. or bottle. Named for the weight of their shot, the most common naval cannons were called six-pounders. At Heavy Seas, oh, okay. that means a six-pack of crisp, clean pounder pills. I'm surprised they got label approval calling it a pounder in a 12-ounce bottle. You figure that's something the TTB would have an issue with. Why? I don't think TTB just, cares about slang. Just the way they are? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if they called it 24-ounce pills... Then they have an issue. You know, it, it just... Like, you remember when Scott couldn't call his coffee beer eye-opener because it didn't right. literally cause you to open your eyes? Mm-hmm. Well, that's lying, right? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, Pounder could allude to... I don't know. Well, I mean, also, Scott kind of got that because he's a small mm-hmm. business guy and he doesn't have any, any clout. <laughs> Right, like if if Sam Adams became with an eye opener, I don't think they'd have to <laughs> go through a whole lot more, a whole lot of the regulatory hoops. They probably have greased those uh, <laughs> those channels a bit. Oh, but I would expect so. They they add a lot to the economy, so it helps. <laughs> All right, now we're going to move back down to 4.5%. We have a green flash beer here, the Seagal Ranch Session. So, no, this is not a beer with ranch dressing added. But it does have Steven Seagal added to it. Mm. Steven Seagal sweat. That's 90% of the brewing liquor. (laughs) And you might think that would be bad, but you're here to tell you. Tomahawk Centennial and Cascade Hops... That uh, were, they say, hand-selected by their brewmaster exclusively from their from Seagull Ranch in Yakima, Washington. Now, I don't think he had, he <laughs> took every hop and looked at it, but... I like on the back here, it's like, a single estate hop bounty. You know, throwing that, the single in, it's part of the buzz. Okay, for one farm, oh my god. I, I, I do like this, the verdant pungency in citrus aromatics. Verdant means green. Uh, 65 IBUs, 4.5% alcohol by volume. I would consider this sessionable. Okay, Best Buy, the 9th of May. So we're a little past Best Buy. It still smells plenty Mm -hmm. hoppy. Getting... um, Tangerine, orange, touch of grapefruit. Lots of tangerine, yeah. Hmm. If you stick your nose deep, deep down, it gets actually kind of like, um, you know, when you do, um, you know, when you throw a hop cone into your beer, yes. you get that more gritty loop of linen. You know, when you stick your nose deep down, you can start, instead of getting just the the food byproducts, you actually smell some that verdantness, right? That green hoppiness. Mm-hmm. It sure smells good. It does. It has a lot of a lot of nice wafting aromas coming off of it. The color is uh a little bit more golden, a little bit more bronze than the last one. And also it's not nearly as like crisp and clean. There's a little bit of haze here. It's interesting. It doesn't seem like the hopping is as 
potent or pungent in the flavor than the aroma. It feels yeah, moderately hoppy, but it also feels like a session IPA hoppy where it seems like, you know, it's it's restrained. A little and, bit aqueous, a little bit uh, dialed yeah. back. And I was when I was smelling this, I'm like, this might be a session IPA that has, you know, double IPA type hop flavor. Mm-hmm. But it, it the flavor is, seems like it's like half the aroma. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get a lot of aroma with this as, as I oh okay as I drink it. So it's going to do a big like open mouth pour. Right. See, one interesting thing is this beer tastes colder than the last beer, and this is in a stubbier bottle, mm-hmm. so it has less surface area to the volume. And I think it retained more, or it didn't warm up as much as the standard shaped beer bottle in the same amount of time. Would that, make sense. That I suppose would make sense, right? Because you'd have more of the surface area of the drink is with the drink instead of with. Well, the, the, the surface area the sur- to volume ratio right. is yeah. lower because mm-hmm. the bottle is closer to right. a sphere than this one. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm mostly surprised I noticed the difference. I didn't think it would be noticeable. Again, I think the math would say yes, but I'm surprised uh, I noticed it. I, again, though, the fact that it's the other two had pretty. Big mouthfeels. This doesn't, so you feel a little bit more mm. of the of the wariness, and that means that um, the temperature comes through a little bit Let's stronger. Take a reference here. I know it's not a great test, but the temperature right now is at fifty-eight four. We'll see what the next one is when we pour it. That was the surface temp with the IR. Yeah. It's really pithy, this one. It has a lot of like grapefruit pith mm-hmm. going on. That's what you typically get in a lower alcohol session IPA, mm-hmm. right? You really focus on those flavors. You don't get the big juicy flavors. and But that's what I was smelling, right? That's what I was hoping they yeah. actually brought to the flavor. And maybe because this thing's, you know, um, 15, 16 days beyond its best buy that maybe it's lost something. But, I mean, it, it still tastes pretty fresh overall. It just tastes more stereotypically yeah. like you'd expect for a session IPA. So this is available on shelves from November to February. So if you find it now, it's probably going to be uh, a little bit past its best buy date. But come next November, you should be able to see more and more of it around. Yeah, I picked that up at D's a couple weeks ago. I think uh, overall this is, you know, being the lower alcohol and the way the flavor profile works, I think this one takes better to faster, longer pools, sips. Instead of our our dainty little tasting sniffs and sips, I think, you know, just take a big sip Mm -hmm. of this one. Yeah. Fills your mouth better. It goes, it, it, it has a better overall impression when you drink this like a beer drinker as opposed to to uh experimental yeah, yeah experimental tasters don't titrate this beer so jeff yes i recently went on to amazon.com but i didn't go to amazon.com you didn't where did you go i went to craftbeerradio.com slash amazon and what happened i found myself at amazon.com like, you didn't have to do anything extra? No! And the prices were the same. It was, like, the exact same. And, yeah, and I got done with all my shopping and I was done. And, and why? You have to type a longer URL than just Amazon.com. Yeah, now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't do it. It's not what I was expecting you to say. I'm I was yes expecting you. you to I'm say. I'm yes and me. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, well, you... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows why you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's because you may want music. to sorry. You may want to support the show. And it does help support the show. And like Greg said, it doesn't cost a penny more. It's a few more letters you type in. You can even bookmark craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Or the URL that you end up at. Either works. And um Boom Shaka Laka, you get to help the show. Boom Shaka Laka indeed. Whoop, there it is. All right, so that was the Gall Ranch. Yeah, crush that beer. I think 
that uh, makes it taste, makes it fill your mouth a little bit better. You don't get the pithiness as much. It's a, it's a beer that's crushable. I don't love that term, but I guess sometimes, sometimes it, sometimes it you gotta fits. crush the beer. Sometimes beer crushes you. I'm not talking about beer anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm on the talking next about like. Black Tuesday or something like that. Yes, that's true. Okay, our next beer is from Dogfish. I believe we've had this on the show before. It's been a long, long time if we have. This is Namaste from Dogfish Head. I It says 4.8, but I think it says on a bottle 4.5. 4.8? Oh, 4.8. Right. Uh, it's a wit beer. Or if you go way back in our archives, no, of no, Vit we beer. don't go. Don't go that far back. <laughs> Dried organic orange slices, fresh cut lemongrass, and coriander, and peppercorns, and peppercorns, and peppercorns. All right. This beer was part. IBUs. This part was a re, part of a recent work beer club, so that's how it made it into the fridge. Smells wheaty, looks very straw colored with a little bit of haze. Less haze than I would expect. Mm-hmm. Let's see, did I pour? Oh, yeah, there's uh, maybe not. We can add the little dregs later, see if it makes it more cloudy. Mm-hmm. For I find for whip beers, the dregs kind of muddy up the beer. They can if yeah. you like the spicy coriander and wheat flavors yeah. and this one has all that other stuff right the lemongrass the peppercorns and orange slices i think you know decanting carefully is probably a better way to enjoy this beer it's a matter of opinion i suppose i i think you're right i think i tend to like them clean but um you know as opposed to half of which i really definitely want to get the yeast into i mean half of it means yeast after it might be a moot point once we pour these drinks it might might just be the same beer we have in the glasses too <laughs> i can't tell if there's yeasty goodness at the bottom or not so for the aroma i'm getting um peppercorns i'm noticing right off the top the lemongrass is really strong i'm not noticing the coriander in the aroma as much and i'm getting some wheaty spiciness Smells pretty good. Yes, it does. Tastes pretty good too. Got a nice light, uh, or like it's, it's a it's a lot of carbonation, but it feels very tiny and prickly on it. This is the most balanced beer I feel like we've had tonight. This is one where uh, it's it it's playing a nice like melody, right? There's a, there's not just a dissonant chord or something in there. There's a nice overall mm-hmm. put together, well put together beer. Not not trying to dismiss the other ones, but I feel like this is really well crafted. Yeah, you take that sip, you get a nice lemoniness compared with the malt at the beginning, beginning, and then it kind of goes, you get the coriander, and then a little bit of peppery, but the peppercorns really come through with the nose. It's kind of, I like how it's kind of restrained in the flavor, because mm-hmm. I didn't want a black pepper bomb or anything like that. And uh, this does really seem well put together. This is, doesn't seem like anything is really too it was sticking out too far everything's mm-hmm. nice and in line and it's nice and smooth it's nice and thoughtful it feels like they there was a lot of i mean who knows maybe they got it right in the first try but it does feel like there was a lot of tinkering to get this right and they've been making this one for a while yeah. so there's probably been a lot of refinement to really nail this beer should mention i was talking with uh rubio john rubio from the beerists there was a brewery in austin that they opened as Namaste Brewery, and they got the cease and desist letters. They had to rename, and I was trying to look up which brewery it was. I think it's Independence Brewing, but I'm not sure. And Google's not very helpful with former Namaste Brewery. <laughs> it comes up with all dogfish head stuff. So. Yeah.
So this is comparable in wine, they say, to a Alsace or a Gerwitzdram. Okay. I've I've had Gerwitzdramer before. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of a. Uh, I'm trying to remember because I think it's 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 either slightly it either feels like it has a little bit of carbonation or it does and it has a little bit of like a punchiness to it. As I'm drinking this, I'm noticing a little bit of tang coming through. I don't know if that's from the orange slices or the lemongrass, but as I'm getting used to the other spices, I'm getting a little bit of tang in the mid to late taste. It kind of you know plays with bitterness and it's also reminiscent of all the fruit juice added beers that are all the rage now. And, you know, it's just a nice tang at the end there that kind of, you know, balances out the malty sweetness at the beginning. But you know what this really needs? It needs some strawberry, like, food flavoring artificial just to put it over the edge. Why? Just to, to go with oh, the... Oh, the, the rage? <laughs> yeah. I see. I don't think it does. No, probably not. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say on this. It really well put together, like Greg said. Very enjoyable. Very, very, very enjoyable beer. All right. So the next couple shows, I went shopping... Got some beers, and last week Greg and I kind of lined up. Like we pulled all the beers out of the fridge, mm-hmm. and we kind of made shows. So we put six packs together. Yeah. And the reason I picked this show to run tonight is because I wanted to have this beer while it was still pretty fresh. I didn't want this one to hop fade on me. This is the Chill Wave from Great Lakes. Chill Wave. I was looking at something else. Let me get on to Chill Wave. Chill Wave, double IPA from Great Lakes Brewing Company. 9% alcohol by volume. 80 IBUs. They do mention mosaic hops. And honey malt. The, um, I think this beer just came onto the market within like less than a month ago. And that's interesting because the Enjoy Buy is June 20th. Hmm. So like, if unless I'm wrong, that's like a two month. Let's say beer available in April. So yeah, so and they they, they want you to get this quick. Uh, almost reddish in copper. Mm-hmm. Really clear. Very sweet hoppiness coming out of this. Now Great Lakes, one of my. Um, let's see how would I put this. One of my classic favorites in terms of their brewing, but never been a huge fan of their IPAs. I think Burning River is is good at Pale Ale, but their IPAs yeah. like Commodore Perry, some of them that was never really a big. Fan. Yeah, Commodore Perry's never really struck me. Lake Erie Monster is another one of their double IPAs. That one was more in the uh, resiny and dank side mm-hmm. of it. You know, Chill Wave's newer. I, I know they put it out last year. I think last year might have been the first year for Chill Wave. Uh, and of course, Mosaic hasn't been around for much longer mm-hmm. than that. At least in wide distribution. There's a little dankness, a little a little sulfuriness. It smells like it's still pretty malty, right? Yeah. This isn't hops mm-hmm. and water. You look at the color with that copperness, yeah. right? There's still... A fair amount of malt backbone on this beer, and it, I'm surprised the aroma is not a little more open. You have to go hunting for for the the kind of hoppy, almost uh, I guess a bit of dragon fruit, right? Getting that? Yeah, I was recently down in Washington. I went to get some dragon fruit. Oh, okay, and they were sold out. Oh. I know. And. Almost like, uh, so I did smell the dragon fruit. Now I was smelling something kind of akin to, almost like uh, 
one of the, like a, a fruit and like a Capri Sun with a couple of different kinds of fruit in it. Okay. You know, like get a little like the sweetness from that. You know, like uh, think of uh, uh, I don't know what combinations they come in, but I smelled something that um, is I I can only compare it to something that's not very appetizing. But I might as well say it because okay. I did smell it. it. Smells like it smells a little bit like gym socks. Hmm. I'm not getting anything walker roomy or anything like that. But it was only it was a fleeting thing. So yeah. I, yeah. Flavor. I moved on to the flavor. Talk about a full sweet mouthfeel. I mean, this beer is juicy to the nines. It, and and that's causing me to salivate even more now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it. The maltiness is there, but it's it's just a big. Uh, it's bolstering the hops. It's not really coming through so much, mm-hmm. but the hops are so sweet. Yeah, the hops are coming through. It's really like kind a passion of, fruit syrup almost. It feels like a condensed passion sweet, fruit. like syrupy version of that passion fruit and maybe a little grapefruit some apricot flavor coming through as well that'll work too almost like you know an apricot that is on its way to being dehydrated so you get like a really rich saturated Mm -hmm. flavor can feel the strength you can feel the the alcohol making it like Mm -hmm. thicker it's not bad at all, but it's it's very very potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has this um, has this mouthfeel. It's I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's kind of like yeah, I, I, I don't know. It feels very um, syrupy is not the right word but it's this sweet it's it's a little more viscous than mm-hmm. than aqueous it almost like a hopped candy syrup or something like that like a like a yeah. light syrup so yeah what is that what does that translate to in terms of drinks that you're used to i'm not sure yeah i don't know I guess it doesn't translate. It translates yeah. to chill wave, right? Mm-hmm. The bitterness isn't readily... It's not It's not apparently bitter. It's not coming across nearly as bitter as some of the other beers that we had tonight. Not even as bitter as the the Anchor Lemon kind of lingered. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. It, it It's really much more sweet. It's much more going across... Giving you a sweet and fruity. Now, hop flavors do linger, but they're not a bitterness. Mm-hmm. Even though this is eighty IBUs, which is like on the cusp of that's of, part of you know one of the things when I'm talking to people about you know people who don't like IPAs they don't like bitter beers well mm-hmm. like things like Mosaic are less apparently bitter you don't get the same kind of bitter beer face right. from these hops as you you do from Cascade Simcoe Chinook things like that. I do see the Great Lakesness as I'm drinking this, right? That malt backbone, that caramelly, mm-hmm. big malt backbone. It's either you know some some crystal malt or maybe a little bit of Munich in there. Well, they said honey malts. That may that's part of honey. It. Okay. You know they they don't want to do West Coast hops and water yeah. type thing. You know they want to have some malt to balance it out. I mean every hoppy beer I've ever had from Great Lakes has had a very similar character along those lines. But the candied hops in this, it it's, makes it makes you want to drink it again. Yeah, again, make it makes the glass empty fast. I, I would say that for the show, it may not be one of the better beers. But I think in terms of if I had this at a bar, I, I would be downing these. This would be 
very drinkable. It's got the sweetness going on, so you could and, easily yeah, get at 9%, you could easily get in trouble. Alcohol's not in parent. Yeah, yeah, this could be a dangerous drinker yeah. because yeah, I think, you know, you take a quick you take a sip there, that candied hop is just so enticing and it, it just goes down good and you want to take another sip right away. <laughs> so yeah, they should call it dangerously good. <laughs> Go ahead, put that on your label. Craft Beer Radio calls you dangerously good. <laughs> okay, and now for something a little bit different. Pick this up when I was in San Francisco. One of our... Is this the last Russian River we have? I'm not sure. We've had... I don't know if we had this before in the show. I think we may have. Because we may have gotten one from Saver or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is consecration. Yes, I don't recall having this, but he may have. I, I think I've, if I, I think I've had it before, probably at Saver, right? Maybe. So it's aged in Cabernet barrels with currants added. Ten percent alcohol by volume. Is a Cajun corked. Uh, was it 350 milliliter? Uh, yeah, 375. 375. Aged for four to eight months with black currants, Brett Lacto, and Pediococcus. Uh, so, yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon barrels from local wineries. There you go, sir. Wow. So very, very dark, dark red, really dark red, almost brown, uh, but like you, it actually is brown. It's, it's more brown than it's red almost, mm-hmm. and you can't see through it. This was bottled the middle of September last year. Woo! So there's an aroma for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot going on. First thing you smell is kind of the grape musk. Then you get the thing that's kind of, it, it, it really shifts between kind of a Flandersy type lactic tartness. Mm-hmm. Then it gets a kind of a leathery Brett tartness. But then you get this kind of, pe- I, I think, you know, I'm getting, I don't have to take another sniff here, but, you know, there's something a little more pungent mm-hmm. and icky, you know, where the, like the PDO comes in. <laughs> Something that's a little like washed rind cheese in the aroma yeah, there. Yeah, that, that's PDO for sure. Yeah, so Brett, gi- Brett gives you... Like a, like a Cecil-like type string or rope type. I'm getting that kind of rope. Yeah. Like Brett will give you the, the rope and the slight dustiness mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. The leatheriness. Lacto will give you the yogurty and mm-hmm. uh, sort of a a... a Mild sour, mild to mid-range sour, and then the PDO gives you the cheese and the big sour stuff. In general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big blend. I haven't taken... This is full on the aroma. Yeah. I'm not noticing the grape as much. I'm more dialing... We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do uh, the test yeah, with the... Yeah, I forgot the whole test. So this one is at 58, and it was you know half an hour after the last yeah. one, so same temperature. But this is—it's it's a thicker bottle. Yeah, this is a thicker bottle. Bad test. We forgot to do the test. Also, getting something a little uh, floral or potpourri. There's like a little bit of spice or something coming off there. Kind of a anise, cardamom type, just a pinch of, mm. of like that kind of spice. Yeah, it's probably the yeast coming through. It's probably mm-hmm. the yeast doing its thing. Okay. Very dry. Very dry. Big current and uh, uh, dark cherry flavor. Lots of tartness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the currants are kind of they kind of come across like similar to craisins, but 
maybe a little more blueberry like or something like that. A little bit of tobacco. Yeah. A little soy sauce stuff going on too. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Very deep, uh, concentrated flavors here. Wow. Cherries keep coming back. Mm. There's nothing too cheesy in the flavor. Though, this beer is like extra brute. So dry. Like chalky on the top of my mouth right now. And it's starting to make me pucker. Mm-hmm. Strongly. Uh, oh, yeah, it's... It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty sour. Mm-hmm. It's not lip, you know, scratching, like tearing the flesh off your lip sour. But for, you know, someone who's not, you know, well-versed in sours, they would find this one pretty puckering, yeah. pretty tart. This is a beer that um, if I hadn't had a lot of sours, I might think this is one of the best beers ever. But... um while this is very good, I've had better sours than this. Mm-hmm. And stuff that has a little bit more dimensionality to it. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. I I really don't want to rush this beer. I want to take some time with it. Yeah. Um, I think we just need to wrap up the show, mm-hmm. enjoy this beer going forward. There's no point in rushing a consecration just to get to the bottom of the glass. Absolutely. I, I'm sipping it very slowly. Yeah. So, uh, should I do my rankings to start with? Because you did did last time. Go for it, man. All right. Okay. So, I'm going to put the green flash in in uh, in fifth place. We got six beers up there. Oh, well, we're going to put it in sixth place then. It it was fine, uh, but it did feel like a little... Lacking, especially when the aroma was like, ooh, this is going to be nice and, and hoppy and, and uh, or a lot of juiciness. And it really wasn't. It was just sort of pith mm-hmm. and kind of like, eh, all right. So not uh, not all the way uh, what I wanted. And it's sort of very, very reminiscent of other session pale ales I've had. Not my favorite style. Uh, and then I'm going to put... It's a, this choice is a little tough. But I think I'm going to put the the anchor in fifth place, and the heavy seas in fourth. I I guess I just kind of liked more the the fuller body of of the the pounder, even though it wasn't like a pills traditional style. Mm-hmm. Right. I just I felt like I liked that a little bit more than what I was getting out of the the, the lemon lager. Um, the, the lemon lager was interesting and had some interesting stuff going on. Uh, the pounder was a little bit more my style. Uh, then I'm going to put the Chill Wave in third place from Great Lakes. Uh, I did like it a lot. I think that it was one of those things where, as I said, if you're drinking this at a bar, it will, you'll, you'll love it. If you're doing this analysis, it's there are things it doesn't do quite as well as other beers, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still, I think, a really good drinker. Uh, second place is actually going to be this beer, the Consecration from Russian River. Uh, I think it's very good. I think it's. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to not put this in uh, uh, to to not rate this very highly. I think it's excellent, but I just really felt like the dogfish head that just felt so well tuned. I was really digging it, like more than I expected I would. Well, it was. Yeah, I agree with you. It was so good in its style that it deserves the top ranking because it. You know, while it's hard to choose it be- against the cro- consecration head to head, because it was such a good wit beer, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it top place too, and that's why. If I was actually just if I want, and I can choose however I want to rank, and if I chose to rank it head to head against consecration, which beer would I rather drink? I got to pick the sour beer, right? Because you don't get a chance to have that often. Right. But I think I'd rather showcase the Namaste for being a fantastic wit beer. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on the top beer. Uh, from the bottom, I'm not going to put the 
green flash in last place. I have a hard luck loser here. I don't think any of these beers were last place beers tonight. I do think I liked the green flash better than the pounder. So I think I'm going to put pounder in last place. I'm going to put the green flash in fifth. Uh, the aroma was really cool. I mm -hmm. wish they could have carried that through through the flavor. Once we discovered, you know, you take a big, fast sip of that thing, it kind of f filled out the flavor more. But I don't know. Even though it's only 4.5%, I, I don't like telling people to, you know, take a, to crush a beer. Um, and then the next choice is difficult for me as well I, I think this is a testament that i liked the anchor a lot more than i expected to like the anchor uh i thought it was uh, very interesting on how i'm gonna put it in the next whatever uh, fourth, place. fourth place uh i it was better than i thought uh, i liked how the lemon came through it i could see it pairing well with um i loved the idea of putting it with szechuan or something like yeah. that that's a really cool idea uh, let me put the chill wave in third place. I think that's one where, yeah, it's a great drinker. I don't. It's hard for me to, you know, fill out a, a whole, you know, beer slot here describing it. But when I, you know, started drinking it, it really, it was dangerous. I mean, it was good mm -hmm. candy top flavor, ten percent or nine percent. Yikes! Um, I could have a couple of those chill waves and get in trouble. Consecration in second place. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Still drinking it. We're going to finish these glasses for sure. It's a complex beer you need to live with. Spend an hour with your half a 375 mm -hmm. milliliter here and just kind of live with the beer. But like I said already, that the Namaste was delicious. It was uh, right up what you would expect for a wit beer. Even though it had extra things in it like lemongrass, orange peel, orange slices and and peppercorns it just like greg said was so well put together it deserves the top slot agreed all right so that's uh, what we got here where where is my song there it is Oh, we're doing this craft beer radio is released under the creative commons license visit craftbeerradio.com for more information you want to contact us, right? So when you contact us, you can use a Twitter. I'm at Jeff Bear at, at CBR Greg at Craft Beer Radio. We have email beer at craftbeerradio.com. Thanks everyone for listening. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us talk about beer. In approximately two weeks, you're going to see a bunch of saver stuff on the feed. So look forward to that. Yep, absolutely. Greg and Nick are going to saver. I'm going to be a soccer dad coach. So, first time I'm missing Saver, but kids are only little ones. So. Yeah, that's true. All right, thanks, everyone. Yes, you are. Yes, you are.